So do we want to tell our dear listeners about uh, the challenge that we're doing this month? I think I think so. I think it makes sense. Yeah, because then they can like join in. Yeah, it's never too late to start. Yeah. Um. So this month, in preparation for our review of Ring Fit Adventure for the Nintendo Switch, we are doing a kind of a challenge in which um, we're challenging ourselves to play for half an hour of real time five days a week for the month of March. Um, yeah. Yeah, and if you don't know, Ring Fit Adventure is basically like an exercise game, but based around um, like an RPG uh, light experience. So there's like map traversal and you fight enemies and there's different types of workouts uh, are effective against different types of enemies. Um, And so... Uh, yeah, it's exclusive to the Switch. It's got this neat little ring con, ring con, which like you push together and or you pull, and it's got a leg strap, and it uh, it works seamlessly um, so far. Uh, so if you're looking for a, a nice way to get some light exercise in uh, in these winter months, I would uh, I would recommend it. Yeah, um, I mean, played it a little bit so far. I've definitely sweat like yeah. in the exercises, so. Mm-hmm. and felt like it's a good thing that I'm sitting down right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's fun. So uh, we'll have our full review later. Um, yeah, we've got it slated for late April, but uh, the, the review or the the review schedule is always subject to change. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but maybe we'll, we'll touch back uh, with, over the next couple episodes and kind of just yeah, and yeah, if you do it, if you going. join in, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's dive into the review with the theme song. Do, 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 do. <laughs> do, do. Oh, I can't go that low. You know I'm going to leave that in, right? <laughs> yep. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Velvet Room Review. I'm Matthew. And I'm Graham. And uh, tonight, or today, or perhaps this afternoon, we're going to be speaking on uh, two games. It's a double episode today. Double feature. Um, Yeah. Um, We're going to be speaking of Dear Esther, Landmark Edition for the PlayStation 4, and a game called Piku Niku. Uh, mm-hmm. which we played on Steam, but it's also available for the Switch. Um, so, Graham, which game do you want to start with? Um, let's start with Dear Esther. Okay. Yeah. I think I think we'll have more to say on Piku Niku. I concur. Yeah. So, Dear Esther, for those who are unaware, it's kind of a, uh, no pun intended, a landmark game. Um, it kind of defines or it was around the definition of the term walking simulator because that's pretty much the only thing you can do in the game um, and kind of paved the way for a lot of other games like Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, um, Edith Finch, Firewatch, um, a lot of those kinds of games. And uh, I personally was rather curious to try it because I really knew almost nothing about it aside from the fact that it's kind of the seminal game. Um, Matt, what did you think of it? 
I did not like it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess I'm assuming you agree. You didn't like it either. I, I found issue with it. <clears throat> um, yeah. Like, it's very pretty, especially in the cave sequence. Yep. Um, and I thought that was, like, quite stunningly gorgeous, but it really left a lot to be desired, and I'm kind of surprised that it was as big a name as it was. Well, I think we had to, like you said earlier, it was, like, a found a foundation for the genre, right? And I think a lot of people, when they use the term walking simulator, I think people tend to use it negatively, at least in my experience, that. That is the case. I, I feel like people use that as a derogatory term. Generally speaking, yeah. I think and, sorry, go ahead. nowadays it's not as much, but it definitely was back then. Yeah. Um, and so this game gives the genre a bad name. <laughs> because literally the only thing you do in the game is walk around. Um, and uh, there are other games like like this that at least requires some engagement. Uh, Gone Home, um, What Remains of Edith Finch. Mm. Uh, oh, what's the other one I'm thinking of? Oh, we talked about it before. A walking simulator kind of game? Oh. Do, do we cover it? Uh, no, we didn't cover it. I played it. Okay. Oh. Firewatch? Firewatch is a good one, but not the one I'm thinking of. Firewatch is actually a good example of a game that does it well. Um, and to me, that what sets those games apart, mm, Edith Finch didn't do this as much, is that the story is mostly told through the amount that you explore the environment. Mm, like and there are home especially. Yeah, and there are things to collect and view and letters to read and um, parallels to be drawn or like uh, theories to pose. This game, there is, like, there's nothing. You just walk uh, through the island, and certain points in the map trigger uh, an audio uh, piece of dialogue, and that's the only exposition in the game. Um, but the audio is disjointed, and it's kind of confusing. Uh, and I don't think it it's confusing in a good way. Um, yeah, especially, like, it... Up until the very end, it's by the way, this is like an hour and a half, maybe tops game. Uh, you're welcome to play it for yourself if you want, but we'll probably be spoiling the entire thing. Um, like near the end of the game, it's revealed that the four characters that he talks about are actually two characters, and it's just kind of like, okay, but why? Um, yeah, it's it's a very disjointed story, and especially like you're saying. Like, there's nothing in the environment to look at. Um, games like Gone Home built upon this and uh, made it so that, like, there's incredible depth to the environments and you can draw, um, like, uh, conclusions from the pieces of information that you pick up and just the way that uh, it's, it's like, um, you can you can tell things, yeah, based on the environment. Um, based on how the room is set up or what's left behind. This game, like, I tried to go into buildings and see what there was, and there's nothing. 
<laughs> there's yeah. literally just nothing. Yeah. By the way, the game I was thinking of mentioning, The Vanishing of Ethan Carter, which okay, yeah. I really, really enjoyed. Okay. But you're right. My, I think this, like the issues I have could be simply solved with having the audio correlate to an object or a, a, an item in the overworld um, to signify importance, right? Because there are like branching paths and you can go this way or that way. And, and that was kind of neat. Like, oh, what's, I could go down this beach path or I can walk up this mountain trail. You know, what is, what do I want to do? And, you know, you walk to the end of the beach trail and you get a line of dialogue and that's it. But like, if there had been like, um, some of um, Esther's belongings or some of Paul's belongings or like literally anything to interact with, then it's like I've discovered something, not just I saw that that place. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of emptiness in the game. Mm-hmm. I definitely was wondering whether the like if it, the island itself is a metaphor for something or if it's all in his head. Like, it definitely didn't feel like the island existed to me. Because, um, uh, like, it, it doesn't... It doesn't make sense, to be yes. honest. Like, no, the island, um, maybe to someone who's really reading deep into the, the, like, the meta, like, the idea of the game and the philosophy that it's possibly trying to explore, there's some significance to the island, but at a first glance it's there's nothing to it it's an island for the sake of being an island um and the and the stories are there for sake of having a story yes there's a there's a disconnect between those two um like i have kind of written like the island is the medium but but the uh the story doesn't the the um, the whole point of an environmental storytelling game is that the environment is the medium in which the story is told. Mm-hmm. In this game, it is a walking simulator in which the environment tells no story, only the words. Um, so I think, like this, as a precursor to what is to come, sure. But like as a looking at it from today's standards, it doesn't really hold up. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and and it's funny. Uh, the company that made this game also made Everybody's Gone to the Rapture. Yeah. Um, which I which I tried to play, and mm-hmm. and could not do it. Uh, which I think is not to toot my own horn, but like that's bad. <laughs> like to me, like I I I enjoy the genre. Like I enjoy narrative games that either, you know have very little to no gameplay. Um, you know, I enjoy like the Telltale series where it's just basically all narrative and there's no gameplay. It's just answer the dialogue or whatever. And so it's like, I, I don't know. It just, it really did not work for me mm-hmm. uh, on any level. Um, you know, I guess aside, like you said, from the visuals, which are, you know, average. There were there were some cave sections that I was like, I want a wallpaper of that. Mm. But uh, that's my taste, I suppose. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
uh, and there's also like all this stuff about Paul on the road to Damascus. Yeah. And it doesn't resolve and it doesn't like, at least if you're going to use a biblical metaphor, um, <laughs> maybe try to take advantage of it. Um, and, uh, yeah. Like I'm reading the Wikipedia page here, right? And okay. it's, it says like the player is made to draw their own conclusions of the story. Right. Um, yes. But here's like, there's a, there's a difference between like, okay, drawing a conclusion or having a theory and then just having gibberish and like things that don't intersect or correlate or relate at all. And, um, cause you can't draw a connection between, um, like all these fake people or real people, I guess it could be one or the other that the guy is talking about. And then also like, because he's talking about like 18th century, like shepherds or like the explorers that found the Island. And then he's talking about like, uh, getting hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, you know, in the modern time, uh, so it's like none of them, really like i don't know how you could draw any parallels between those stories right and and in order to draw a conclusion like there has to be some connection right in gone home you can draw many different conclusions about the state of the family uh because of the hints or the items scattered throughout the home about each member of the family the mom the dad the sister and the main character right and you can analyze that and the game doesn't say, hey, you know, mom hates dad or whatever. But the player can make that, uh, can draw that conclusion, mm-hmm. right? That's that's how a game can do it well. This, this you can't draw any conclusions because you can't, the dots are all over the place. You can't connect them. Yeah, you would have to do either repeated playthroughs or through a walkthrough or... Uh, some YouTube guides. Um, it makes me think of stuff like uh, the Souls games, where you can tell that there's a bigger picture going on, even if you can't fully grasp it. Um, but like you get enough to feel like you understand a little bit about the world. Do you kind of agree, or how do you feel about that? Well, it's interesting because I've been playing Dark Souls again, and. Um... Like Dark Souls, Dark Souls gives you a little information, but enough to like c- connect characters and themes, and they do a little bit like there's a lot of like supposition, like you think the world is this way, but it might really be this way. Characters aren't always honest with you and stuff like that, so there's like that level of like, um what's the word skepticism Mm -hmm. um but but to me it's like a person could could look at dark souls and and kind of like map out okay you know what's really going on here this character is going here and doing this thing right what 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 is the age of fire or or why am i doing what i'm doing right yeah um and then and then once they complete the story they can look back and say hmm here are the motives of uh, Frampt, and here are the motives of Gwyn, and like you know, they they can they can identify or 
suppose motives based on the experience that they had, right? Um, in this game, like the twist is just told to you at the end um, that Paul Donnelly and Esther was it also Esther Donnelly? I don't even remember. It was two different last names. Right, Esther Jacobson. No, Paul Jacobson, Esther Donnelly. Yeah. Right. Anyways, are are two people, and like, I don't know. It just it it really maybe I'm being. I don't know. I only played it once. I played it in like under an hour, and I was very underwhelmed. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> the the part at the end that kind of got me was as soon as you reach like the the base of the tower the game takes away control from you. Right. And I'm like, okay, yeah, this is what it's been wanting to do the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think, I do think that the ending is the most powerful part, right? Um, yes. And there's a, there's a little bit of like, you know, him, him, if I'm remembering correctly, like making his letters to Esther into little boats and sending him out to sea. And then the, at the end of the game, you jump off like this radio tower and you fly out and you fly out over the letters. It's, I guess you could probably argue that's a little symbolic. Maybe you're not literally killing yourself. Maybe you are. We don't know. But mm-hmm. like you are, you are moving past um, the past, right? The letters being the past. Yeah. Like that's me. Like really working at like, okay, here's a theme here. <laughs> Maybe. And all that's in like the last ten minutes of the game, which I guess the game is only sixty minutes, so. Take her to leave it, but yeah. So, I don't know. I would not recommend this game. Yeah, uh, honestly, like, I would. I would agree. It's it's kind of look worth looking at in a historical sense. Of this is where right. This is kind of the catalyst, right? Um, or the popular catalyst for these kinds of games. Mm-hmm. But more than that, I'd say look at what it, what came from it. Uh, look at Gone Home, look at Firewatch, look at Edith Finch, um, Telltale, all those games. Yep. Yeah. I think that's very fair. I give this game a fox. Yeah, I, I'd agree. So it's... Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. Um, moving on to slightly, or significantly lighter topics... Um, Pikuniku. Um, Pikuniku. If you're ready to move on to that. Oh, I'm ready. Yeah, so <laughs> I can't remember. Oh, this is a game that I found from Twitch. Twitch Prime. Really? Twitch Prime, like, because I'm subscribed to that and it gives me a bunch of games. And I think I clicked this one on a whim and I was like, this looks weird and goofy and quirky. And I played it and... Um, I guess at, at some point I saw I was on sale and I was like, oh, I feel like Matt would enjoy this. So <laughs> I, I uh, gifted it to him. Okay, let me just say this. Stop listening, play Pikuniku. It's 1450 Canadian on Steam. And uh, it's a three-hour experience. It's light. I would recommend picking it up. And now we're going to talk about it. Cool. I loved it. That's so good. I'm so glad. <laughs> It 
it it okay it's so hard to define i don't know if you would agree like i i don't feel that it has a genre like i think the closest one you can maybe get to it is like like a puzzle platformer yeah I hesitate to even say puzzle because there's not really any much puzzling going on. There's a handful, but it's not mm. the main focus. I, I would say probably platformer would be the best one because there are elements of like, here's a challenge area, I guess. Um, but it's, it is a whimsical, colorful satire of capitalism. <laughs> that's basically it and it's great <laughs> yeah um and it touches on a lot of interesting topics and it does it in like a, a pretty subtle way like if you were if you're just playing you weren't really paying attention um you know you wouldn't notice or it's like or i'm just overthinking everything and i have like these grand ideas that come from this game that is not accurate um but what did you think of the game graham yeah, like it's uh it's fun. It is very quirky. I think like you I don't know how much time you spent in the town afterwards, but it's actually surprisingly packed full of stuff to do. You could easily spend like 6 to 8 hours in the game. That's awesome. Yeah, I just I basically just played through the main story. I haven't yeah. gone back in and done all the other stuff. Um there's there's so much like little quirky things you can do and i was i think you would agree like constantly surprised by little things um and it's uh got this wonderfully like um the writing style is this kind of snappy i don't know exactly how to describe it it's um it doesn't use a lot of um cons not consonants um what are they called periods and oh uh grammar <laughs> punctuation punctuation that's it right it's very like conversational dialogue and it's uh it's really quite endearing yeah yeah it's it's like short wit uh, like dry humor um and like an ever like ever revolving cast of characters like there's not really and there's a couple of characters outside of the main character, but um, yeah, I the the basic premise is like there's this, well, you're locked in the cage in, in this cave to start, and then you get released, and people think you're like this beast or whatever. Yeah, this but, little red ball of legs. Yes, and you can kick, um, and put on glasses, um, or hats. And you kind of ex- you you explore the world around you, and and you find there's this corporation that is just giving money to people and harvesting resources with robots, right? And um, and all the people are, for the most part, the the first couple people you meet, they're happy because they're like, oh, look all the money he's just giving us. It's literally raining down from the skies, and he's just sucking up our corn, you know. And then as you progress, it's like you realize like, oh, he's uh, this guy's like cutting down the forest and like draining the lakes um, for purposes unknown, and you know we're losing our environment or our lives are being affected by this. Yeah, it's and, uh, it's environmentalism 
and capitalism. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, the first little bit's, like, kind of, I, I find, like, is a little bit of a satire of just, like, you know, people um, loving that they're getting money for, like, um, harvesting resources. Yeah. Uh, right? Natural resources. And, and it's like, yeah, everything's great because we're putting out more corn than we did last year or whatever, right? And then and the in the later half of the game, he has this cartoonish plot, the bad guy, to activate a volcano, re um, like destroy everything and then rebuild with a bunch of robots. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been actually capturing and so he's harvesting the resources to do that. Um, and he's been capturing or, or like taking away citizens and trying to um, mold them or like copy them into this perfect robot um which all end up being like really dumb versions of like the townspeople like like they're they're useless essentially right and mm-hmm. and to me that was a very much a critique of like automation and uh robots or mm-hmm. or machines in the workforce right um how we're trying to replace uh the people with uh a machine that can just do what people do yeah and that and that's his plan is that um, he's gonna rewrite, remake the world, and just populate it with robots, and it's gonna be perfect in order, and uh, yeah, to his liking. Yeah. Um, so I really liked it. Like it, it to me it was like, oh, that's a really interesting like thing. I'm not, I've not really thought of before about like automation. Um, yeah. Of like, we're tr- we're basically trying to copy something that can't really be copied. Hmm. Yeah, it's neat. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really think. I didn't. Hadn't really approached it from that view. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Um. Sorry, I'm trying to. Well, I just completely blanked there for a second. That's okay. Um. <laughs> well, no, I... it's. Uh... You go. go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say like automation is a topic I'm. I mean, I'm not like super passionate about, but I think it's something that we're gonna face pretty soon. And I, I, I would argue like I'm a little, I'm a little like for it. Like I think I think we need to realize it's gonna happen. And so it was interesting to see like a a, mo- a modern critique of of it from like I'm assuming the guys that made this game are like mm-hmm. our generation, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. I don't really know much about the developers. Um, they don't have a book. French British indie collective with a Japanese style quirky game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a. Uh, it's quite a quite a smorgasbord. Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. No, it's um. It is kind of neat how it it manages to balance that kind of witty satire with also just kind of fun and goofy elements like there's a there's a place where the pot shop that sounds (laughs) that sounds bad um or incorrect the uh, the shop filled with pots and um you go in and there's a guy and he's really happy to see you and then you just start to break all his pots and you can do it slowly and deliberately and um, he just starts getting more and more visibly upset and at the end, you feel like a terrible person, but it was also fun. Um, and there's like, did you play hide and seek with the rock? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, you can play hide and seek with the rock. 
and then there's a giant bird that's lost all of its children in the town. Like these are all okay. things that you can play soccer. You can like there's like a fighting arena, I think. Man, there's a lot to this game. Yeah, it's surprising. Like um and uh it's um it's constantly changing. It's constantly it reminds me a lot of um flash games actually. Um like games that I played growing up like game maker games um in that regard and how like the variety and how it switches between all these different genres really quickly it it was a very hard game for me to peg on like it it gave me like a sense of nostalgia but like nothing that like i could pinpoint yeah and i I don't know if it's because it's like it's very simplistic, like like core primary colors, like not a lot going on in most scenes, and it had this like really like this like jazzy tune, um that like like music would just play like as you're moving along based I I don't know if this is correct, but it felt like to me based on like my inputs, or how I don't know it, it was like this jazzy little tune I'm like oh, this is this is nice I like this <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny actually. Like the music's even got some depth to it in that, like it's got motifs of like the do 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 do, like um, <laughs> you know that's like the main theme of the game, and it shows up in a lot of different musical tracks in different ways. And it's like there was definitely like a lot of thought put into this, um, and like the little things like the spider. I think that's the moment where I kind of like felt not necessarily fell in love but where you kick the spider and it's it's like don't ever do that again i'm like that this is a this is an interesting game did you find did you ever find the small dancing bugs i found a couple of them not all of them okay good i wanted to make sure you did i was really confused because like like I would, I would find a secret area. I'm like, what's going on here? And then this like little dancing bug would come out. I'm like, oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah. There were my, one of my favorite parts was when I fought the toaster. Oh my goodness. Or the toasted bread, rather. In the toast dimension. Yes. It was wonderful. Did it give you? It gave you a trophy for that, right? Yeah, I think an achievement too. Um, let me pull it up here. Piku Niku. Yeah. Toasted, Escape from Toastopia. Toastopia. Yeah, the game the game manages to throw all these weird and wacky things in it, and I think just because of the tone of the game itself, nothing like it doesn't really nothing's incongruous. Um, it just kind of fits. I, I did feel that like if like when I did play it, um like the first time that I tried it, I definitely burnt myself out a little bit with it mm. because there is so much content in it, um, especially with all the stuff that you can do in the town. I spent the first like couple hours in the town mm-hmm. and um, by the uh, by the end of it, I was feeling very tired and like the humor didn't land as much. I could see that. Um, and especially because there's actually some pretty challenging like... <sighs> challenge levels like toastopia um like the game's definitely got some difficulty spikes um 
So like it's definitely not an easy game throughout the entire. And I know that like you stream part of it and you were struggling on some of the boss fights. Um, was I? Uh, kicking, kicking the, the pine cones into the... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Getting my foot under there type thing. Yeah. Actually, special mention to the feet. Like, in this game, <laughs> the legs and the feet, how they're animated, it's mm. just, it's just fantastic. Mm. It, um, like, it's kind of like the body moves and then the feet catch up. And it's, um... You you can kick things and it's something you really have to see in motion. Mm. It's uh it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, it's fun to tra- traverse the world. It's like um, oh, I don't know if it's like I don't know. It's hard again. It's so hard. I I find it so hard to like compare it to anything. Um, like I just can't put my ne- yeah. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. I love it. That's good. I'm glad that you enjoyed it so much. Yeah, like I, I was kind of explaining to you, like I, I feel like I'm in a little like of a funk of like I need something to play, but like nothing's like piquing my interest. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if it's because like I'm burned out on Odyssey. Um, but it was just like this is like unique. It's it's funny. Um, it's like it's it sparks joy. It's like uh and it's short and it was just it was a really tight fun little experience and i feel like like i could give this to somebody who has never played a game and like they could figure it out and enjoy it hmm. um and have and have that level of, of um appreciation for it that i do right like like kicking the spider it was like <laughs> like that that was like i guess one of the first puzzles is like oh i gotta create the bri- bridge and how do i do that and then it was just like I wonder if I just... Oh, yeah, you just got to kick the spider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, it's it's short and sweet. It's, yeah, got lots of personality. Oh, oh, and the best part, the boss battle, <laughs> the final boss takes one hit. <laughs> yeah. You... you you at the very end when you go to fight the bad guy you just kick him into space. <laughs> yep. There's like a there's a boss battle before that, but like what you what you would assume to be the final battle, it just takes one kick. And uh it's beautiful. Yes. Subverting expectations. Yeah. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um yeah, what would you rate the, or or any other comments, Graham, for Piku Niku? Um I don't think so. Uh, I'm just I'm just glad that like you enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I think that uh, I've got a couple other, you know, quirky games that I think we might be able to play in the future. Mm. Um, a couple up my sleeve, I suppose. And uh, yeah, uh, a rating for this game, I don't know. It's so unique. I want to say like maybe Rise. Um like the character Rise, because it is very unique and charming and flashy um, and a little bit uh, off-kilter. Maybe even Teddy. Yeah, that those are really good. Those are really good. I'm going to give it a Nanako, though. Wow. Uh, that's how much I, lo- I loved it. Like, like, yeah, I have to give it a Nanako. 
it it has that childlike yeah whimsicality it's just it's great at the end of the game it's like you <laughs> you essentially meet like god and he's and he and he's like you probably have so many questions and you can continue to ask questions but he doesn't answer them and he's like wow you really have a lot of questions <laughs> it's just uh, a lot of great little moments um and like you said there's there's so much more that i haven't even experienced yet um because i was just kind of moving along so mm-hmm. well, that's awesome yeah i would give it a nanako awesome yeah so um, next week we're going to be talking about uh, games we've played uh, recently and uh, doing a topic episode on, I think you want to discuss some like games that I've played um, specifically just to get trophies. Um, so I'll talk yeah. a little bit about that, but what are you looking, what are you itching to play these days, Graham, that you're not currently playing? Um, I recently picked up Divinity Original Sin 2. Yes, I saw you playing that on Steam. Um, so I'm a little interested in that. Um, I guess this is games I'm looking forward to. Uh, honestly, like Luigi's Mansion Three is a game that I'd like to play at some point. Right. Because um, that game seems to have got charm to it that I'm I'm interested in. Um. Yeah, I think that's. Other than that, there's not much I'm really looking forward to in terms. Of, oh. Uh, and there's a like uh, Legend of Heroes Trails of Cold Steel. It's an RPG that I'm just kind of waiting for it to go on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I'm interested in playing. It looks like it's got a like a really strong story emphasis. Ah, I see you've been playing Snakey Bus. I did play a bit of that. It is <laughs> a game. It is a game. It's it's a little <laughs> absurd. I want to play it multiplayer. It's oh, got a multiplayer fun. update, and I want to try that. Let's see here. Let me see the store page. Yeah, it's something else. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, so should we talk about what we've got in the pipeline, or, or just um, leave it at that? Well, let me take a look at uh, what we've got coming up. Like, I, I myself, I, I've got a, I've got a real itch to play like like a simulator game okay and i like, know you were talking about that yeah like i, I saw a two-point hospital in, in ev games when i was uh shopping on the other weekend um yeah. but then i looked it up and and it looks too comical for me like i like the idea of like running my own hospital but it seems to be like tongue-in-cheek type humor oh and you're looking for more like serious uh i well this might directly con- contradict me saying yes to that statement but there's this game called house flipper i don't know if you've heard of it Hmm. it's a game where you just you flip houses and i don't know but like i'm really like wanting to buy it you need a lot of strength to do that (laughs) graham it's too late for those types of jokes (laughs) uh it recently it's been on steam for quite a while unfortunately it just uh came out early access it it well, it came out to PS4, but it's like double the price on PS4 than it is on Steam. And uh, I, again, I prefer to play on PS4, but it's a little much right now. So um, that's kind of what I'm itching to play. 
but uh, everything else that I'm playing right now is like require playing for the podcast. Yeah. Um. Essentially. Yeah. Uh, we've got um. We've got some. We're kind of got a little bit of a a breather because we're gonna have some heavier games. Like Summer of Nintendo is gonna be is always uh, an investment. <laughs> And yes, and oh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon is coming to my doorstep soon. Oh yeah, I, yeah. I got a. I should get on that so that we can play at the same time. Yes, and uh, if you are gonna play it, audience, let let us know. Because uh, maybe we'll post a. I don't know if it does friends or I don't know. Well, I don't think so. Um, I don't. I don't think so. What you could uh, do is. Matt, if you if you die in the dungeon, just post it on the Facebook page. Yes. Post the code and. Or, well, it might take a while. Graham. Yes. Friday, it's coming out. Friday. 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 And oh, that's good. Amazon's gonna send it to me. I hopefully on Friday. That'd be good. Can I track the package? Has it been sent yet? Oh, so we'll ship your order as soon as possible. Oh, I hope it sh- if. This is the first time I've ever ordered anything on Amazon. Ever? And if it, if it ever, well, sorry, pre-ordered something. Okay. Um, if it doesn't show up on the delivery date or on the date of it comes out, I'm gonna be mad. Because <laughs> that's how I think it should work, right? Am I wrong in thinking that? No, no. Like I, like the game's been, like, sitting in their warehouse probably for, since Monday or whatever. I better get it. Because, like, they have to send it out to stores ahead of time. There's a pretty good chance that you would get it. If if I don't if I don't get it on Friday, I'll never do it again. Oh. I won't. I will. I'll. Because next time I'll just go to EB Games. Yeah, fair. You know. Um, or I'll go to Walmart or whatever. But uh, I mean, I would buy it on the Switch itself, but then I don't have enough space on my Switch to buy all these games because it's a small memory card on the Switch. Hmm. So yeah, that kind of limits me. Uh, but I'm also oh sorry. Now I'm thinking of games I downloaded. I really want to play Doom because I downloaded that. I'm like I need a I need a game that's got like energy and and fun. I'm like yeah, Doom. Let me play it. But I'm trying to get through Assassin's Creed and finish that up right now. So I just thought of another game. Um, Yakuza Zero. I picked up. Ah uh, yes, I thought I saw that on sale on Steam, right? Uh, on PS4 actually. Oh, on PS4. Okay. So um, I started playing a bit of that, and then I haven't touched it in a while. Okay. So. <laughs> and Warframe, my my friend of mine recently got me into Warframe. Mm, Canadian um, developers, London, I believe. Yep, London, Ontario. Got you. Gotta love it. Yep. Um. Yeah, I actually met one of their developers once. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll have lots to talk about next week, I think. Yeah, uh, as long as we remember what we talked about this week. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, we'll have yeah. lots to talk about. And then uh, after after that episode, at the end of the month, uh, we'll be talking about a game called Night in the Woods, uh, which is an audience suggestion um, from Caleb. Uh, well, you actually suggest, suggested it to me previously, I think on the podcast. 
Um, but then uh, Caleb sent in the request, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about it, and mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it because um, it's it's like a walking simulator, right? Or it's like an oxen freestyle game, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So that's yeah. March. That is March. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank Until you very time. much for listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you like the show, please let us know. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, mostly on Facebook. Um, but we're also on iTunes and wherever you get your podcasts. So please subscribe. It's the Velvet Room Review. Um, if you don't mind, leaving us a review on iTunes is helpful or on Facebook as well. Also helpful. We do love audience suggestions, so please send those our way also. Um, we love games we've never heard of before, as long as they're good. So please send them. Uh, and until next time, I think I said everything I need to say, so good night. Good night.